Anna here with something for you if you want to publish an authority building book, but are still in the beginning stages of building your business. It's a do-it-yourself opportunity to get what we provide for our $100,000 clients for literally one-twentieth of the price. For more information, go to LegacyLaunchPadPub.com slash personal dash publishing. That's LegacyLaunchPadPub.com slash personal dash publishing. Now back to the show. Your book's journey isn't over after it's been launched. Nope, it's got a whole lifetime ahead of itself. And so while I'm leading you through writing and launching a best-selling book, I'm also showing you how to make that book work for you for the rest of your career and your life. Welcome to Launch Your Book with Anna David. Hi there, you're listening to Launch Your Book with Anna David. Hello there, I'm your host, Anna David. You know what we do. Talk to best-selling authors, talk to big entrepreneurs, talk about launching a book, what a book can do for your career. And today I have... Brienne Davis. Now, she has been a working actress for many, many years. She's been on Lucifer. She's been on Rosewood. She's been on True Blood. She's been on The Mentalist. She's been on Casual. God, I did love that show more than a lot of shows. Uh, we're, we didn't talk about any of that because she is also an author. And she is an author of a book called The Secret Life of a Hollywood Sex and Love Addict, which is a novel. In this episode, we talk about why is it a novel? Because it is very much based on her own personal experience, which she's very open about. So why did she make it a novel? How did she launch this book? How much hustle did it take to make it a success? And how did that launch a massive coaching business and speaking career? We get into all of that. So enjoy this episode. If you would like the show notes, which has links and um, all kinds of things, you want to see what this woman, she's gorgeous, so you want to see what she looks like, go grab the show notes. They are can be found at LegacyLaunchPadPub.com slash blog slash Brienne. That's B-R-I-A-N-N-E. LegacyLaunchPadPub.com slash blog slash Brienne and enjoy our little conversation. Okay. So happy you're here. Thank you yes. so much for doing this. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. So, so as you know, the, the focus of the show is on launch. It's to mm-hmm. teach techniques for anybody listening about how to launch a book, what a book can do for your career, how it can make you an expert, all of those things. But your story is just too fascinating not to delve into the book. <laughs> well, I love it. Any any wisdom I can give anybody else so they don't have to go through the pain of, you know, those trials and tribulations, I'm totally down for. So I'm excited to be here. Well, so let's talk that, that first of all, I'm very fascinated by the fact that your book uh, was a novel and not yes. a memoir. So talk about that decision, please. Yeah. So first of all, I never wanted to write a book. Like, let's just put it out there. I've already said it out a lot of times. I'm not interested in being a writer. I am dyslexic. I have ADHD. I can't, I failed English, honestly, like it was really bad. But as an actor, I think storytelling was always a huge deal. I've been an actor for 20 years. So 
when I was pitching a show with my friend, Jana Kramer, what was happening was my story I wanted to tell kept getting diluted and changed. And my husband kept reaching out to me going, Hey, there's this writing course you should take it. And I was like, what are you talking about? I'm not a writer. Like I'm a creator, but not a writer. And he kept bothering me like over and over again. And finally, by the sixth time, he's like, just take this writing class. It's 90 days. You can, you can quit. No one will know you're, I'm the only person that will know. So I took this writing class and the first time I wrote the book was in 45 days. It was nine, how much it was 90,000 words wrote it in 45 days. It was pure memoir. It was pure memoir. Right. But during the rewrite and the edit and everything going on, I started having all these dreams and flashbacks and other people's stories after 12 years of recovery and sex and love addiction. And I just kept putting it all in there and I had to change names and locations and time frame. So I made it a Roma Clef fiction because yeah. I didn't have to get anybody's permission. No one can sue me. And it's like a fun game, like try to guess my story and ones that are made up or other people's stories. So it was more like comfortable for me to put it all out there and no one knows what's true or fiction. But what's interesting too, and I had a similar, my first book is a Romana Clay as well. Mm-hmm. And there were legal considerations I had to meet with all these lawyers about because if somebody can, it, there have to be five people who fit that description. So it's like, or someone, someone can sue for any reason. Uh, yeah, they can. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> doesn't mean they're going to win, but they can still make your life hell. And so you can't say, you know, a guy with one legs who lives in Ames, Iowa, you know, it has to be, it has to be general uh, to, to not have any concerns. But, but then what's so interesting is then like me, you were very public about, yes, mm-hmm. it's fiction and yet it's my story. So you always knew you were going to do that. Yeah, because the whole reason I wrote it and I feel like my higher power universe, God, whatever you want to call it, was to help other people understand what sex and love addiction is because it's such a miscontrived disease. People don't don't think it's real. And so many young kids right now are suffering from disconnection, lack of intimacy, abandonment issues, you know, compare and despair, all those things, going to toxic relationships, love bombing, gaslighting. And it's getting worse and worse and worse with the porn and social media that I wanted to also write a book where it could help people understand what the disease is. And anybody can read it and say, oh, shoot, I did that. I've been in a toxic relationship. I've flirted and intrigued outside of my romantic relationship. So I wanted to make it universal where it was educating people, but also entertaining them like a television or a movie. I wrote it like a movie pretty much. And and have you been working to adapt it? I have. Yes, we already wrote the script for a TV series and it's getting out, getting pitched right now with the book. And I'm just trying to give everything over because who knows what's going to happen? It might not happen things, you know, but, you know, you keep putting stuff out there and I'm a creator. So I just keep going for it and seeing what happens. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know. I mean, it's like that you get what you wish when you stop insisting on it. The tighter we cling to this is what I need to happen, the mm-hmm. less likely it is. And so I think get understanding the business and just going, well, 
You never know. You never um, know. You have to do you it though. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I just knew if I didn't tell this story, how I told it through the eyes of this female Roxanne character that's similar to me, but completely different from me too. If I didn't tell this story, I would be on my deathbed being like, oh, I didn't get to tell that story. So for me, it was bigger than me. And when I was doing the audiobook, they were like, oh, you have to record the audiobook. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I had no idea the world of publishing books, anything. And I was like, they wanted me to change the name because it's the longest title known to man, Secret Life of a Hollywood Sex and Love Addict. People, it's like so long. They wanted me to change the cover. They wanted me to do the audio book. And I was like, ah, can't we get an actor? And they're like, you're the actor and the author. And when I read it, I was like, oh, this is really good. And my husband looked at me and he goes, yeah, you wrote it. And I was like, but I don't feel like I wrote it. I feel like something bigger than me wrote it to help other people. So, and I noticed you did change the cover. You, I think you have a different I cover did. for ebook. They're both pretty great. I, I kind of like the ebook one better. Talk about ha- having two covers. Yeah. So I didn't know that a lot of advertising and publishers and people do not, if the book covers too graphic or shows too much of a woman's body that you could get blacklisted. So what was happening is a lot of people wanted to talk about the book, but they were uncomfortable with the cover and the covers, you know, a woman on the red carpet naked, but you know, there's like blacked out marks where her privates are, you know, raw, vulnerable, naked in Hollywood. Like that's the cover. And We just kept getting like, we can't put the cover out there. We can't put the cover out there. So my husband designed the other cover and I love the other cover too, uh, very much so. But yeah, I have two different covers. So when you're publishing a book or doing that, be aware of the cover and titles are, I didn't know you can't have the word sex in some publications. Don't put it out there either. And addiction. I didn't know that, but I wouldn't change anything now, even though I know that, because I think it's important for the story. And, and also having the word addiction in a title, mm-hmm. uh, you, it's so important to have the right keywords. That's whatever, whoever's going to have a problem with that. You're going to be, it's going to be far outweighed by, by the fact that people will find your book searching. Yes. And you know, yes. you, can, you can update your paperback and hardcover to the new one. Um, so, but I love the first cover so much. So I'm like keeping both of them, the paperback. I keep that cover, the hardback. I keep that cover. And then the audio book and the ebook are the other cover. So I kind of just like have to. <laughs> so, and so let's talk about the launch. Who did you work with? So you were saying that they kept saying, um, so, so did you, did you hire a publisher? Did you submit to a publisher? How did that work? Well, I started submitting to a publisher right before the pandemic and I got a lot of interest, but they all shut down. Like literally I was submitting at the beginning of March and it was devastating for me because, you know, they were telling me, we really love it. We're not moving on to anything right now. We, the world just stopped. And I just, I was on the hold pattern and I didn't want to wait. And they were saying, even if we did it now, it'd be a year and a half. So I talked to a lot of people. I talked to a lot of self-publishing, my husband and I. So we self-published and now people are trying to take it because there's three more books. So we'll see what happens. But I don't know if I'm actually going to go to a publisher. I don't know if it's worth it anymore because 
I'm making so much without one. So I don't know what I'm going to do for the second book. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Publishers were definitely acquiring during the pandemic and then Mm -hmm. it really heated up. So it was, were you, did you get to the publishers or you were talking to agents still? No, I was to the publishers already. Yeah, I was to the publishers and they liked it. They, they wanted me to go back and make it. Some of them wanted me to make a pure memoir and I just didn't want to. And they said, well, that's how it's going to sell. And I was like, but I have no interest having my face on the cover, making it a memoir. That's just, I'm just not interested in doing that. And it's a story bigger than me. So it was a lot of like interest, but you are going to have to change a bunch of stuff. And I just, I didn't, I'm such a person where I've been in the entertainment business for 20 years and people tell me what to do, what to look like, how my hair looks, how to play characters. And this was the first time I'm like, no, I'm doing it my way. And if you don't want to be a part of it, then don't be a part of it. But so I just was sick and tired of waiting for the yes, waiting for people to give me the okay to tell me it was good enough. So I just was like, F this process. And I worked with a big PR company. I had an amazing editor, copyright editor. You know, I had it all. And I have the outlet to release it. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it by myself. Yeah. I mean, it's what I always preach. It's so hard to sell a a book anyway. You know, it's the statistic is something like three in 10,000 book proposals represented by agency sells. So it's so hard. It's so hard. (laughs) You know, I did six books traditionally and they do nothing to support it. They don't. I, you still have to pay for PR, even if you get money up front, which they expect you to use that for PR. And it's just like, why am I waiting to get approval, then having someone tell me what I can and cannot put in the book, making it a memoir, changing characters. Some of it was too graphic. Some of it wasn't graphic enough. I just was sick of it. I was sick of waiting for somebody to give me a yes. So what you so in terms of the launch, you gathered mm-hmm. a lot of blurbs. Um, that's something that, that a lot of my clients and the people who come to me very much prioritize too much. I always say nobody bought a book because of who blurbed it, but it's wonderful sort of social proof. Mm -hmm. So did you just, um, so just to describe that process, you went to people, you knew you gave them the book. What did you tell them that you were looking for? Well, you know, I went to all my celebrity friends, a lot of them, you know, Olivia Munn, Jana Kramer just put out her best-selling book. Um, Other best-selling authors I went to, I went to Variety, a bunch of magazine people I knew because I've been in a bunch of magazines. My sister worked in the magazine world. So I really just went to anybody I could think of that has credit to their name in the business and just cold ask them like, please, I have this book. I'm a first time writer. If you I'll send you the first couple of chapters, I don't expect you to read the whole thing. I would love if you could give me some quote and I would love to have you on my cover the inside. And a lot of people say yes. A couple of people said no, because they didn't want to attach their name onto a book about sex and love addiction, even though they supported me, which hurt a little bit. But, um, you know, I can't take that you know, people have their opinions. So you just have to do it. Just put yourself out there. Be willing to fail. People are going to say no, but if you don't ask, you'll never know. And even probably worse, the people will not respond. I, I think oh, that's, yeah. that's I've had that to a lot of, a lot of people that I thought would show up, especially that were attached 
to the show we were creating, I, I really expect two people and they just like ghosted me. And I was like, okay, I guess that's not meant to be. And it stung a little bit, but it's just like, you just got to keep persevering and know whatever happens is it's the plan. And so you hired a publicist. Yes. And it was a publicist you'd work with before, or it was a specific book publicist. I did book publicist. I've worked with a number of different publicists, but I specifically wanted to book one because I wanted to write articles. So I wrote a ton of articles for Cosmo, for different outlets. I wanted to actually write articles, not have articles just all be written about me because I've done that as an actor for so long. And I thought it was more powerful and could represent me more as a writer than an actress writing a book. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And so you, did you interview publicists? How did you decide who to hire? Well, I, through my agent, knew book publishers. So I interviewed, I had to interview, I was going to interview two of them, but the first one I met, I just adored. So I went with them immediately. And I knew two other people that worked with them said that they are like amazing individuals. So I went with them immediately. And because I had to start immediately because when I decided I was putting it out February 14th, Valentine's Day weekend of this year, 2020, um, or 2021. Oh my God. I'm so tired. 2021. I've been so busy the last two years, but yeah, when I was doing that, I just was like, Roxanne hates Valentine's Day. I hate Valentine's Day. It's about sex and love addiction and being addicted to love and all fantasy. So I had to like hustle. So I had to give at least two months before the book came out, which is actually not a lot of time. So it was a little, yeah, I was a little late on the, the start, but I, I, we made it work. Yeah. And for anyone listening, you know, most, a lot of the publicists we refer clients to, they want six months ahead of time. Then Mm -hmm. we have publicists who say, I'll sign, sign. I just talked to one today who said your clients can sign up the day of the release because we know it's not about the book. What we know, you know, and I always say this, no one cares about your book. They care about what <laughs> your book can do for you, for them. And so it's about establishing expertise. This is something I preach all the time. You, you know, before the book, you were a sex and, a, and love addict in recovery. Mm-hmm. After the book, you're a sex and love addict in recovery. Who is a sex and love addict expert? Yes. And that is something that as far as I have experienced in this world, only a book can overnight make you into an expert. Yes. So what is that like to suddenly be an expert on this? Honestly, I feel like I've been born to do it. I think all my experience in the entertainment business in over a decade of recovery, helping other people, going to rehab facilities all around the world, speaking all around the world, sponsoring people all around the world. Now it's like that next level where I can go on the doctors. I can go on the Daily Blast or or Daily Beast and write an article or Cosmo and write an article because I do have the experience. I do have the expertise and the knowledge. And now it just puts me in another arena where I can help more and more people. So I didn't realize that was going to happen, but it has happened. And now I have, you know, A-list celebrity clients that I work with, with this addiction that can't go into meetings and get help. So I get to help them and I get to, you know, travel all over and speak all over in sober communities and non-sober communities. So I'm really grateful. I had no idea the book was going to do that. Um, But yeah, it's, it's, 
I wasn't expecting it. I was just doing it to help people, honestly. Right. And so for the launch, you had publicity lined up. Mm -hmm. You had articles you were writing lined up. You had your blurbs. What else did you do? How did you look? Did you have a launch strategy? You know what I did? I did a lot of launch on TikTok and Instagram and having like videos and reading stuff. So I did a lot of that. I got, I sent a lot of books to people, Instagram (laughs) influencers, anybody I knew that had a following. I just sent them the books. I went through all the books, Graham people and sent them all the books, you know, whether they wanted the audio, the ebook or paperback. I mean, you have to bust your butt no matter how much clout you have, no matter how much experience you have to, you have to make that your job. So the last eight months, oh gosh, yeah, eight months, I've been working nonstop every day. I've done 200 interviews probably on TV podcasts. Um, I've spoken on a ton of panels. I've gone to rehab facilities. I've um, got it in libraries. (laughs) I've, you know, I've done on my own podcast, I've done 125 interviews. So it's, it's just, you got to keep saying yes and putting out there as much as you can. What about stores? Have you gotten it into stores? You know, we were worldwide and in Barnes and Noble and everything, but what was going on, it wasn't getting pushed in those. So then we decided to take it back just exclusively on Amazon and make it unlimited on Amazon Kindle. Mm. And that's really blown up because there's something about just being in one area. And most of the books are bought from Amazon. And when we looked at the numbers after the first five months, we just saw a better return from Amazon than any other location. And to clarify for anyone listening, when, <laughs> when it's worldwide on Barnes and Noble, that doesn't mean it's worldwide in stores. It means it's <laughs> worldwide available online. Yeah. So getting in the actual brick and mortar stores. I have podcast episodes about this. It's actually so much easier than people think. Um, it can, you know, we have a client who's gotten her book in 70 stores. It often can just be walking into a store and saying, I'm a local author. I'm an author. Yeah. And you could do that at the library too. I mean, I've had gone to libraries and people have gone to libraries in their city for me taking the book and, and you, it's really, yeah, I, you have to do the legwork. That's the thing when you don't have a publisher, that stuff is done for you, but they take so much money at the same time. So it's like, do you want to do the work or do you want someone to do the work for you? I think that's the main, when I was looking at it from my experience. And it's even worse because publishers are pitching your book as well as 50 other books Mm -hmm. at the same time. So my experience was my publisher would say, oh, the the Barnes and Noble doesn't want your book. And then I would find out, no, 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 they were just pushing another book more. So no, it's so so sad. That makes me so sad. How do you get a (laughs) library to order your book if it's not um, on Ingram they that will, cause I don't order directly from Amazon. Um, they do actually, I've had some libraries order at least the ones oh. I know. Yeah. Um, they do. Uh, you can also drop them off also. I've done that too. Some of them don't take them right up front. They have to, you have to like fill out a form and stuff, but yeah. Um, that's interesting. I've never heard that. Um, mm-hmm. so, and so what did you have a party? What else did you do to launch the book? I was going to have a party, but again, it was during COVID. I released my book during COVID and 
And with, you know, my son having lung problems when he was born, we just didn't think it was necessary to have a party. So I had like an online party, book party launch with balloons and cake and all that and, and did it on Instagram live and stuff. But yeah, I'm bummed. I hopefully for the second book, we do a, a big party, but I didn't get to do it this time. And it's never too late though. Y- you know, that's true. It's not, but it's still no. COVID. <laughs> My son hasn't got his vaccination yet. So uh, we're just being really careful with, with all that for him. And what else, is there anything else that you did particularly for the launch that I haven't asked you about? Let's see the launch. You know, I just really, really tried to every day that week and that week coming up to have, you know, oh, you can get a book, you know, if you post about the book, I'll send you this. Like I was trying to do giveaways. I was trying to get in book clubs and and do giveaways that way um, and TikTok. So it was just like, you kind of have to give a bunch away to get the ball rolling. So that was one thing I, I didn't want to do because again, it's like a lot of money, especially doing it yourself goes out of pocket at first. So that was a little touch and go for me, but I just, you know, committed to trying to get as many eyes on the book so they could help people. How many books would you estimate you gave away? Oh my God. Um, hundreds, honestly. Yeah. I, I can't tell you the exact number. I know we probably have it in the spreadsheet, but I honestly just give them away. I mean, I would probably say with Audible, ebook, and paperback, at least 600. Yeah. I'm not kidding. Yeah. Six, Great. At least, at least. And how much did that pay off? And maybe oh. not find it. This is the thing. It's like, uh, you know, people focus on the amount of money they'll make from book sales. That is pennies mm-hmm. compared to what you can make as a coach, as a speaker. So just yeah. don't even, I, I don't look, I don't want to know how many, you know, how many books I'm selling. It's not relevant. Yeah. And I'm so glad you said that because when I first started, I was like, how many books, how many people, how many eyes are on it? How many pages on ebook, all that stuff. And first of all, you're going to drive yourself crazy. Like you just can't look at that. You have to look at like, how many messages you get, how many people are affected by your book, how many people enjoyed it, how many, you know, loved the story. So that became more important to me because when I focused on how many sales I got, it took all the joy out of it. And then I realized it isn't about the book sales. It's about everything that's come after that, you know, all the speaking things I've done, going and working with clients, all that money. And it's like, you know, if you go that way, you'll get your money back tenfold and it keeps coming. And the book sales is just a small little thing. And it really got me set up when I was doing the PR. I wrote the second book. So there's a third book and a fourth book. It's a four book series. So amazing. Yeah. You can't focus just on the first book. Like you have to have other plans for the for if it's a series or your next one, you can't, as soon as you put the book out, you have to move on to something else or you'll drive yourself crazy. That is the number one advice I can tell anybody. <laughs> that the irony sort of is absolutely, but maybe that focus is what you've been talking about with the hustle. Maybe it's book two, or maybe it's, you know, setting up your speaking business or your coaching business or, or continuing to hustle. So yeah. I, I, my experience is it's pretty exhausting. At the end of week one, you can go, I'm done. And yeah. so many people do. Or you can go, I'm done for a few weeks. 
And then this is what I'm doing for the next year. Like you are. It pays off. It does. I mean, I've been hustling and I kid you not that what February. So it's, it's November now. So what is that? 10 months hustling 10 months, then the year before doing all the edits, all the rewrites, getting everything together. And, and I just hit my limit like a week ago. I said, okay, I'm done. Like, I don't want to hear my voice anymore. I don't want to talk about this anymore. I want to creatively move to something else. And you have to do that or you have to just surrender and let it be what it's going to be. And at this point, it's like, I'm glad I hustled. I'm glad I worked as hard as I did. And now, you know, I might take the last couple months of the year off and just like turn to something else or do an acting job or who knows. But I agree everything you just said. I agree. (laughs) And you may get in January a whole new second wind. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I feel a little second wind talking to you. So that helps. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, you're welcome. I mean, yeah, I re-released my book this year Mm -hmm. that I had launched um, 14 years ago. Really? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Did you just like refresh it or did you rewrite it? How does that work? Well, listeners are, are, are probably bored of me talking about this, but hey, if you haven't bought it yet or reviewed it, go get it. So go get Harper, it right now. Harper Collins had published it in t- 2007. Uh, mm-hmm. They really screwed up the launch. I got the rights back. Super complicated. I've mm-hmm. talked about that in other episodes. Got it back. Redid the cover. Didn't change anything. It's like a super 90 story, which I liked. Mm-hmm. The only things I changed were things that uh, today's woke police would have a huge problem with. Mm. I mean, there were some things in there that I can't believe we could get away with saying without getting canceled. Personally, yeah. I, I'm not interested in getting canceled. So I just was like, oh, rather than fight this fight, I'm going to take this out. That was really it. I added, um, you know, I changed the acknowledgments, yeah. but I didn't. I didn't add an intro. That's really interesting. Maybe I should add a, an intro about Maybe. why I, I didn't do that. It just you should because the, uh, readers like to know that. Like that, they would find so fascinating. Why are we releasing it? You should. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank look at that. Inspiring that idea. Now, um, so so okay, we have to get close to wrapping up. So tell me your top three tips for launching a book. And if they're not you, they maybe don't have your contacts. They maybe don't have your following. Mm-hmm. Just, just somebody launching their first book. Honestly, do not wait for a yes. If you feel yourself losing your passion or your esteem, because listen, even I have a background in entertainment and no, no's were coming and yeses or maybes were coming You cannot let other people's opinion about your art affect you, whether you complete it or not. So if you feel dejected, declined, all that, do it yourself. Like, honestly, I know so many self-published authors that are not named people that make a living. So that's the first thing I would say. Don't let a no stop you. The second thing I would say is, it has to be come from your heart. They, the reader has to feel connected. I feel like to the author, even though it's fiction, like mine is fiction, um, that I put my heart out there and willing to be seen and vulnerable, whether it's in a character or anything else. And then I guess the third thing I would say is 
you know what? You got to hustle. I know it sounds exhausting, but you have to because the only person that is going to have your back with your book or anything is you. If you're not going to do it, no one else is going to do it behind you. So it was like my hustle helped my team hustle for me. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? Yeah, absolutely. And so you did have a team or you mean PR and it sounds like your husband was like massively supportive. Oh, my husband was like, no joke. My husband, my editor, my graphics designer that did all the artwork, you know, my agent bust her ass too for, I mean, I had a whole team behind me. I'm not going to. I'm not going to lie about that, but yeah. It does take a village, but the village doesn't have to be that. Maybe the village is your friends. Maybe the village is the people who follow you. Um, Yeah. I mean, those help you too. I have, you know, people that follow me that are like, I want to do a story about your book. And I'm like, please, that, that, that would mean so much. I'm just trying to get eyes on it. So it's whoever is showing up, but if you don't show up for it, then the other people won't show it up up for it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So it has to be something you believe in and mm-hmm. you, you don't care if it's going to hit, you don't care about anything except, um, sharing your story. And this is what I do say to people. Cause we, you know, we charge a lot for our clients and I have people who say to me, I just want to help people. That is so awesome and so amazing, but you can volunteer, you can go. So, mm-hmm. and it's wonderful when that's your goal, but please have an income stream set up as well. Mm-hmm. They are not mutually exclusive. You can. No, you cannot, you cannot lay your hat on helping people as I, my whole thing is service, but I still have to make a living and eat and provide for my family. So it had to do it in a way where I could make some money and also be of service to other people. Yeah. Well, you are a delight. Mm-hmm. How can people find you, uh, get the book, listen to your podcast, all the things? Yeah. Please follow me on Instagram. I answer all my DMs, the Brianne Davis or TikTok, the dot Brianne Davis. You can go to Secret Life Novel. You can get the book on Amazon now. It's Secret Life of a Hollywood Sex and Love Addict. The Audible, all of it's there. Um, And the podcast is called Secret Life Podcast. And we talk about everybody else's secrets since I gave up all mine. I'm like, tell me your secrets and I'll tell you more of mine. So yeah, I'm really excited. It's like this whole Secret Life movement that we are doing. Sorry. So that's a really good point. When did you start the podcast in relation to the book? Oh, yeah. I started, we started the podcast. My husband and I started the podcast during rewrites of the book. So a month after the pandemic hit, I woke up at 3 a.m. I just wrote an article for HuffPost about being a sex and love addict in Hollywood in my recovery process. And I woke up that morning and I was like, oh my God, what did I just do? I ruined my career. I ruined my life. People are going to like never hire me again. And then nothing happened. It was like the most humbling experience. But but what did happen is weeks and weeks, I have it hit 2 million hits in the first month. And I had thousands of people reach out to me saying how much it helped them. So that really gave me the momentum for the book. But I woke up going, oh my God, I want to allow other people to tell their little secret because I realized that last bit of shame and stigma dissipated Mm -hmm. and that I was fully myself and my authentic self with everybody in the world, not just my close family and friends. So I wanted to give other people a chance to tell me their past secrets, present secrets, and put it all out there. And it gets really, really dark, but it's really funny at some time. So I'm really proud of it. That's like recovery. 
Yeah. Really dark at times, really funny at other times. Uh, Yeah. Right. It's it's a domino effect because then the people you have on then go, somebody listening is like, oh my God, I have freedom to do this. And then they teach it. And it's just this amazing, amazing movement, as you said. So thank you so much for coming on, Brianne. Thank um, you. Thanks you guys for listening. I will talk to you next week. Thanks for joining me this week on Launch Your Book with Anna David. For more info about the show, go to launchyourbookpod.com where you can get show notes and so much more. If you got anything out of this episode, I can't tell you how much I would appreciate a review. And don't forget my company, Launchpad Publishing, is here to help you at any stage in your writing and publishing journey. Just go to launchpadpub.com for more and be sure to tune in next week for next week's episode.